Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. This is Kathy Barron, and today I have a very special friend and guest on the show. Uh, Carol Ramirez is a student as well as a new teacher of Kundalini Yoga, taught by Yogi Bhajan, and practices balancing having peace in this fast-paced world. Carol was a modern jazz dancer for 15 years and taught classes as well. She performed a homeless piece at local venues, and for years she worked in the food service industry with an emphasis on training and customer service. I know that feeling. And at 52, she ventured into a new journey of melting service at a more deeper and meaningful level, movement and health by exploring yoga as a profession. Welcome. Hi, Kathy. It's so awesome to have you here. I'm so honored that you said yes. I'm honored that you asked me. Thank you. So we're just going to dive right in. So what is kundalini yoga? So kundalini yoga is the science of uniting the finite, or human body, Mm -hmm. with the infinite, and the art of experiencing infinity with the finite. So that's what Yogi Bhajan said, and, and... that's a lovely way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kundalini yoga is, it stems from, it roots from Hatha yoga. Yoga has been around for centuries. And uh, Kundalini yoga was taught from, a, it was a secret, sacred practice that was taught from a master to a particular person, a particular, is usually a man. It was kept between that. It didn't go to the public And in 1968, 69, Yogi Bhajan, who um, at the age of 16 became a master of Kundalini Yoga, he came from India over to teach in Canada and he took a little trip down to California and he experienced all the lovely people enjoying all the drugs and all the sex and um, the baby boomers Mm -hmm. experiencing their life and he realized he he realized you can have these experiences that you are having without having to self-medicate without having to do all these drugs that are actually taking away from your full experience of being a a happy, healthy, and holy person. Hmm. So um, kundalini yoga, what's a little different about it compared to if you went to a vinyasa class or a hatha class, there's a mantra where you are saying prayers that are in a different language. And that sometimes is what's a little scary to mm-hmm. some Westerners that, oh my gosh, we're, it's, it's weird to them. It's talking in a different language. They don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is part of the practice that helps make you happy, healthy, and holy. It kind of helps carry you. It, it helps quiet the mind. It, um, it's all designed and we can go down a rabbit hole with this, but the mantras themselves, when you say a mantra, your tongue is touching a particular part of the roof of your mouth, which is, which is connected to a meridian Mm. in Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So when I said at the beginning that it's a science and a technology, Mm -hmm. it truly is this lovely melting of what our body is doing Mm -hmm. And then making movement with all this practice, plus 
the spiritual aspect of connecting. That's what I really love about Kundalini yoga is that if you're the type of person that likes the science and the anatomy and working the body, you can use that to help you. But in the same time, you're actually connecting back to yourself. You're connecting to who you really are Mm -hmm. and you're connecting to the universe, which is where we're from. Kundalini is a lot more than that too. Right. <laughs> it's it's a deep practice. Yeah. And like you said, layers. it did go down in a rabbit hole about it. So what's like at the surface of the rabbit hole? What you just explained? Or can you go one level deeper just to kind of give people an idea of what they could expect? Well, kundalini yoga is an experience. It's the yoga of awareness. So when you come to the mat, you sit down and we tune in, you close your eyes, and most of the practice is done with your eyes closed. So you kind of come face to face with you mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Um, the yoga with using the breath work, the postures, the mantra, their body locks as well that we use, um, it ends up working the energy that's in your body. Kundalini means coil. And they say that the energy is stored at the base of your spine, the Kundalini energy. And as you do these Kriyas, which is the postures and you do the yoga and the breath work, you're helping release your blocks and Mm -hmm. all the, um, like the trauma that we've stored inside of our body. Mm-hmm. And then as we do it, you start loosening up and it allows the kundalini yoga, the kundalini energy to move up through your body, clearing things away mm. in order for you to have ultimately enlightenment, but it's to make again, it's just to have that connectedness that we we're part of everything. Right. And we forget to do that. That is one of the wonderful reasons that I love the Kundalini Yoga is that it forces me to kind of put myself back in Mm -hmm. and to be aware and to slow me down in order to make sure that I am staying grounded and taking care of myself and being present because it's really easy not to be present today. Yeah. So what made you decide to become a yoga teacher, instructor? It kind of happened by chance. The studio that I was going to uh, decided to offer teacher training. And um, I wanted to just kind of dive in more to my practice. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. It was, I want to I know more. I, I was kind of hungry. I wanted to go a little deeper. And um, it was this wonderful experience it was 200 hours. We would meet once a month for you know two full weekend days and a Friday night. And um, you're connecting with these amazing people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Also, that's what's great about the community um, of Kundalini. It's just incredibly welcoming. Everybody is... Everybody comes from everywhere. Uh, where their experiences what they look like, how they eat, Mm. um, how they are physically. It's all from a different place, where they came from. Mm -hmm. And um, connecting with all of them was amazing. As we got closer and closer and we had to practice teaching, I've been a... 
I've been a trainer my whole life. I could get up in front of a class and blah, about food and, and mm-hmm. not stress out or worry. And for some reason, I had this block about getting up and, and teaching a class. I became incredibly nervous mm-hmm. and uh, I had to work on a lot of the things that Kundalini talk about, that negative mind, which is incredibly strong. So I was having difficulty thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to teach. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I realized, well, that's my ego getting in the way. And so I just dove into the practice even more, mm-hmm. meditating doing the Kriyas over and over again, and just going, I need to just dive in, and I need to give it a shot. So um, I started to teach some classes, and and it's been been fabulous and wonderful, and um, holding space. A teacher sits and holds space Mm -hmm. and allows, you guys do all the work. Right. You're doing well, all the sweat. I experienced one of those classes, my very first, with you, mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing. And I, as you may remember, I went in very um, frustrated, and it was a Friday night, so, you know, the day was didn't go well. It was kind of sucky. And then by the end of the class, it was like a whole new whole new attitude, mm-hmm. whole new person. And one of the hardest things for me with the practice was the breathing. What is that called again? Breath of fire. fire. Okay. Breath yeah. of fire. Yeah. So that's working on well, another aspect of Kundalini yoga is that you, we focus on the chakras and you have your first chakra, which is your root, your second, which is your sex organs. And then you have your navel, which is your third. And with breath of fire, you're, you're working that navel. It's kind of, um, I think of it as your fulcrum Mm -hmm. of your body. Breath of fire can be challenging at first Mm because you're, you're engaging the diet, you're, you're that muscle right there and pulling it in. And, uh, yeah, it can be a challenge. And you're trying to focus and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to do this and you're trying to keep your eyes closed and it's like, (laughs) and I have to breathe. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was quite challenging, but, um, it definitely made me more aware of my body as a Mm -hmm. whole and that I'm not, you know, as young as I used to be and I'm not able to do certain things for, you know, whatever reason, whether it's an injury, you know, back injury, you know, being aware of that was definitely a wake up call. It's a wake up call. And with Kundalini yoga, I mean, I came with a bunch of injuries and I can't, I can't do downward dog. I can't do plank pose, Mm -hmm. those things. And that's pretty traditional to do in other yogas and vinyasa yoga. And, um, and so I always felt like a failure and that's not the point. Mm -hmm. And what a Kundalini is that we all have most of us have injuries. I mean, today you have kids who are in high school or who are getting tons of surgeries because of all the sports to do. So they are right. getting, there's tons of injuries. So how you go about with Kundalini yogas, okay, I can't do that. So let's get a bolster there. They offer tools and modifications mm-hmm. in order to experience the pose, which is just as beneficial as if you were doing the full pose. Right. And, um, just imagining it sitting in an easy pose with your hands in Guyan mudra and imagining doing that posture mm-hmm. that you can't do. You're doing it. Right. Um, my teacher has a woman who's in a wheelchair. 
who comes to our class. Uh-huh. So if you can breathe, you can do kundalini yoga. It's working on that negative mind that overprotects right. and the ego that keeps on saying, oh, you should be able to do this. Come on, Kathy. <laughs> you know? But it's like, no, back, you back it up. And yeah. then, you know, there's people who are uber flexible, right? They're hyper extensive. Mm-hmm. And their goal when they come to class or their practice is to, oh, I can go this far, but that's actually injuring and hurting me. So my goal is not to go that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a hard time with some of the poses that you had to hold for a long period of time? You I know, think we did like the, the arms. arms. Oh my God, that was torture. <laughs> and, you know, I grew up playing sports. I'm pretty competitive, active, and, you know, just the breathing and moving the arms and, you know, like you had said, it's like you push yourself because you're competitive with yourself. I mean, I'm not really competitive as I used to be, but I think I'm still as competitive with myself. I'm just not with others. Mm-hmm. And Same to here. push yourself and to maybe even push yourself when you shouldn't. And like you said, it's hard to do the Back opposite off. of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about understanding your body and loving your body mm-hmm. and going I'm, I mean, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't push your friend. You wouldn't push a loved one to go beyond their abilities. But when we've played sports, we've been competitive. Mm -hmm. We do that. And we have to find that place of, you know, you know, I can't do that today. And to be kind and gentle with yourself. Right. And breathe. And, you know, and then there's that place in Kundalini Yoga where, okay, is this hurting me or mm-hmm. is it just hard because a, a large part of kundalini yoga is about you poke and provoke mm. the teacher kind of pokes and provokes you in order to elevate so you get to that place holding your arms out in front of you or to the side of you for five minutes that sounds really easy right mm-hmm. yeah about a minute you're going <laughs> oh my god and the pressure so it's about taking the strength that you have inside yourself mm-hmm. and that mind, it's its about balancing that mind, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, of um, kundalini yoga works on so many aspects of the body, but our mind is what kind of is, um, thinks it's in charge. And, right. and we have to practice that it's not the only thing in our body, <laughs> um, but that we can keep our hands out here and it's hard. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not, it's not hurting me. Mm-hmm. It's not an injury. Right. It's just hard because life out there, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that happen out there that we're dealing with that are just as, that are harder. Yeah. So if we can, if we can do that for five minutes, hold our hands out there. But it's one thing to hold them out, but we were like... We, you were doing swinging the circles. <laughs> you were getting the like garbage a- out of your armpits. That's <laughs> that was a whole other thing. I can hold it there. It's the whole circular thing that was, you know, challenging, but yet something I needed to do. You needed to do. What are some myths regarding any type of yoga? Most that I hear, I, I worked at a yoga studio for a little while, and uh, people would come in with the person who was going to yoga, or they were inquiring about yoga, and they would always say, well, I'm not flexible. That's why I don't do yoga. And you go to yoga to move into that place of becoming more flexible. Right. Um, 
we are not the people on the cover of Yoga Journal, okay? <laughs> we don't have to do that. Right. Um, they're selling magazines, right? Right. And there goes that competitive brain, or I'm not enough, or, or I have to look like that. You go to the right class, the right teacher, the right place for you, you will beware as I said I always say when you come you come to the mat and you are who you are at the mat and you might not be flexible today but you might be flexible tomorrow and the whole point is to move your body mm-hmm. in order to prepare it for meditation and you have to have a flexible body in order to have a flexible mind mm-hmm. but that takes everything takes time it is not a sprint um, it's a practice so that means it's it's doing it as much as you can. Uh-huh. Um, it depends upon your, your life and what you can fit in, but doing it every day gets you to a place that you can become. It's part of the journey. Another myth is, um, it's a religion and uh-huh. it's, it's not a religion. It's a practice. As I said before, it's a science, it's a technology in order to, uh, move your body and prepare it for meditation. So you can have, um, So you can live in peace in this crazy world that we're in right now. Uh So uh, we can make good decisions. We cannot get caught up in the emotional commotion. Uh We probably all have all been at a place where we want to throw the phone across the room or throw pans and have a complete meltdown. Life gives us those opportunities to do (laughs) that. Yeah. But... um, Yoga, Kundalini yoga, is a place where um, we can move through that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not a religion, uh, though there's religions that have yoga within their practice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, in Kundalini yoga, we do chants. And um, they might be considered, you, if you think about it, they're, some, they're similar to prayers. But if there's the word God, God can be anything. God could be your Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. You know, you right. you you come into the mat. It's what is beyond who you are. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the universe, stardust, and you 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 experience a fuller state of being. And I think a lot of people like with the whole flexibility thing. I feel like people when they want to start something new, whether it's work out at the gym or any kind of exercise practice that they already have to be good at it to start doing it. And it's like, well, if you've never done it before, how are you going to be already a master at it? If you, I mean, I'm speaking from experience, then, you know, you have to go in, everything is entry level, everything pretty much. And then you build up, like you said, have a practice. It's not weekend warriors, you know, that, and that's (laughs) unfortunately as we get older, you know, that's what we end up all doing. We, we don't do something for years and then think, oh, yeah, let's go water skiing, you know? And then you, <laughs> then you die. <laughs> smack that water. And it's, ah. <laughs> right. And then you injure yourself. And then you injure yourself. So, yeah. um, again, the practice is, is about being present. And um, for mm-hmm. me, it's about slowing down and being mindful and caring for myself. Right. Yeah. So the new year is here, and a lot of people do... Uh, resolutions for the new year and I did some research and I 
found some interesting statistics. Uh, have you heard of Strava? It's Mm-mm. the it's like a social network for athletes where they track if you're a biker or a runner. You can track your rides and your runs and just keeps data and gives you, I'm sure, graphs and, mm. you know, all the data that it you want. It tracks you. Yeah. Basically. Everything else does. <laughs> exactly. <things>. Exactly. <laughs> so it analyzed uh, 31.5 million online activities and was able to pinpoint the exact date when most people report failing their resolutions. When was that? January 12th. Wow. 12 days. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. So it is fascinating. And it's kind of scary that they can pinpoint it to that specific date. And there was a study conducted by the University of Scranton found that 8% of people achieve their resolutions, 80% fail. I'm not sure what the other 12% is doing. But... uh, like wow okay i wonder who did that survey because that's only 88 percent. normal statistics sometimes don't make any sense at all so the other 12 i guess maybe never created them mm-hmm. and the top five new year's resolutions is the first one is diet or eat healthier mm-hmm. that's 71 yep. percent uh at 65 percent it's exercise more 54 percent lose weight 32 percent save more spend less and 26% want to learn a new skill or hobby. I personally don't do resolutions. I don't do resolutions either. I hated them when people would ask me. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. Nah. Uh, it's... Do you do any kind of ritual at the end of the year? Or? No. And I think, you know, it's interesting listening to that. And the first one is diet. Well, because everybody overindulged. Mm-hmm. They drank too much. They ate too much. I mean, I don't... I get... Boxes of cookies, which I love from people, but you know, it's like <laughs> when when you're when you're pre-diabetic, it's not necessary. I mean, not a good thing. Not a good thing, but I love it. But um, have it. It's it's. I think it's that overcommitting. It's mm. it's we've it's the pendulum. Right. They've overdone one thing, so oh, we got to get back and do another. Right. I think it's all connected, and then we over we we overcommit too hard, too fast, too much at the beginning. What I have learned is that it has to be realistic. Yeah. And it has to be something that you. It's a commitment to yourself, and mm-hmm. I don't know if resolutions are a commitment to yourself. Right. Or a commitment to somebody saying, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? New Year's resolutions are like Lent. Yeah. When you give something up for Lent. But for the resolutions, you know, we we both worked in the service grocery Mm -hmm. industry. And it seemed like in Whole Body, which is like the supplements and the protein powders and everything, that sales for the first month were ridiculous yeah (laughs) because people wanted their protein shakes and their supplements and you know because they were gonna feel better and be better and do better and you know i think february probably had the most returns from january's (laughs) purchases because when they bought that 90 dollar powder of protein they they thought it had like a little buyer's buyer's remorse (laughs) for sure (laughs) so how can kundalini help people break habits that they want to you know change 
and bring in the new year without making resolutions? Well, I believe that habits, um, their behaviors and how some people can, you know, the habit, it's a bad habit. It's a bad behavior. I personally think that you have to replace the behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause it's, it's, we do it cause we're bored, we're stressed out. And so instead of thinking, Oh, I have to get rid of this. It's like, what can I do to replace it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I had to do for my, um, teacher training is we had to do a med first it started off as a meditation for 40 days so that's not forever right Mm -hmm. that's not this huge resolution it's 40 days it's a month and 10 10 or nine more days right Mm -hmm. it's it's manageable um but if you didn't do it one day you had to start all over again oh okay so there was a little hook there to go, you know, if you don't want to be doing this forever, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. don't, this yeah. could be forever could be instead forever. of 40 days. But that is it's interesting <laughs> is that, um, I had to do a meditation and then I had to do a, a Kriya and a Kriya is, I have to explain this a little bit. So in Kundalini yoga, it isn't just whatever movements you want to do mm-hmm. in Kundalini yoga. You have, it's a specific set of poses that are done in order to create a particular result and Kriya means action. So it's kind of like a choreographed, like if I was doing it, it was a a choreographed dance, but it is set and you Mm -hmm. have books that have all these, you know, you can reference all of them. So we had a 40 day meditation. And then when we were done with that, we had to do a 40 day Kriya, which can be challenging because a 40 day Kriya is, can be 30 minutes, could be 40 minutes. It depends upon what you chose. So Mm -hmm. I think that is also part of the challenge is I need to do something that I will, I will push me a little bit, but is something that I can succeed at. Mm -hmm. And I think the new year's resolutions are beyond the expectation of what you can succeed at. Mm -hmm. So, um, why 40 days is that 40 days ends up, that's enough time to break the behavior, to Mm -hmm. break the habit Mm -hmm. is 40 days. Mm -hmm. And then if you do it for 90 days, you're setting a new habit. You're setting mm-hmm. a new behavior, preferably a positive one. Right. <laughs> and then 120, it's like, so you've, you've created a new habit. You're setting in stone. And then if you want to master something, you do it for a thousand days. Right. Well, with the, um, with the first Kriya that I chose, it's called Fish Fry. <laughs> That name in itself should have given you an idea not to do it. So um, for those of you who know yoga, um, it starts with Venus lock behind your back. So that's taking your hands into crisscrossing them into like an open fist Mm -hmm. behind your back. You're on your belly and you lift those arms up away from your body. And then from the floor, you're lifting up from your waist. Mm. So I have an injury. So you're like a fish out of water, basically. Well, no, that we haven't gotten to the that part yet. Okay. <laughs> so this pose, it's just lifting up. Yeah. Okay. Just, but it's just an up and down motion, 108 times. That's uh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. And then you go from there. You do bow pose. You did bow pose, I think, in our Korea that we did. You're on your stomach. Uh-huh. You grab your ankles and you lift your legs up and your hearts up. You're mm-hmm. opening up your heart. A lot of the poses in um, Kundalini is uh, opening, working on 
certain parts of your body, your heart, your digestion, your endocrine. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we can, I mean, we're barely touching on all this stuff, but mm-hmm. that's the, that's the stuff. That's the sauce right. is working on all these things. I mean, I mean, I sit with my arms, my, my injuries are because my shoulders go in, right? Yeah. So what am I doing? I'm protecting my heart, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to do all these poses to do the opposite, to open. But you're rocking on your belly 108 times. <laughs> and then there's another pose called Guru Pranaman 108 times. And then you're on your back and you're flopping around like a fish. On your back? On a hot pan trying to get out. (laughs) That's for three minutes. So that's kind of why it's fish fry. And then there's another, and the next pose is 108. So that's the one I started. Mm Mm-hmm. My very first Kriya for 40... Oh, my... Uh, it's like, okay. I find it How after, many times did you have to restart it? I didn't do it. It's <laughs> like, I... Because it was beyond my... I couldn't do yeah. it. I was at the beginning of my, my serious practice. It was beyond my ability. Yeah. So I switched. Um, so I had done that for maybe two weeks. Yeah. And then I started a new one. Mm-hmm. So that started on the 40-day. And then I forgot 21 days. In? So, uh-huh, so I had to start. But, you know what? I was supposed to do it longer than 40 days. Right. But I, I showed up. So that on a personal level, showing up is half the battle. Yeah. Actually, it's most the battle. Mm-hmm. A lot of personal stuff was happening to me when I was doing this church teacher training. Mm-hmm. I would show up. I committed to just doing it. Yeah. Did I commit doing it perfectly when I would do the 40-day Kriya? No. But I created space for myself. Because why are we doing this? Why do you go why do you go to yoga? Why do you exercise? Why do you do any of it? You do it because for you mm-hmm. to take care of you. It's not for really anybody else. If mm-hmm. you're doing it with intention. Right. So it's like, well, if I'm not showing up for me, what am I showing up for? So that changed. That was like, when I was done with that, there's a feeling of satisfaction, a feeling of commitment. Mm -hmm. And when you have commitment to something that builds character. Right. So that's what can break a behavior. That's what can break a bad habit. So you give it a shot. doesn't have to be, you know, fish fry, (laughs) but you can find a a meditation. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's great about Kundalini yoga you can go online and go to YouTube and you can, you know, Kundalini mantra, Kundalini yoga, and there will be places, there'll be a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, where you can begin and give it a sh- try, you know, and do something that's reasonable every day for right. 40 days. Yeah. See what happens. Sounds simple. It is. It's simple. It's magical. It's great. <laughs> and it's not a resolution. Right. Right. So you kind of touched on this a little bit with the resolutions, but how can kundalini yoga help us live in general? First of all, kundalini yoga, it does so much. It's not, it's your mind, your body, and your spirit. And let's talk about the body first. So when we're doing these poses, um, we are working on movements that are stimulating and like we do an eye focus. Remember when I would say the third eye? Mm -hmm. Well, so much of that is like focusing above your eyebrows and up a little bit and looking in. Mm -hmm. You're stimulating your pituitary gland. 
Your pituitary gland is a master gland which produces hormones and sends them all to your to your um, adrenals, your your thyroid, all these incredible organs that we kind of don't even think about in our day-to-day business, uh-huh. our digestive system. So all these poses that we're doing, we're working on our soft organs and the stuff that actually make us healthy. Right. So all these kriyas that we do, all these movements, all this breath work helps to stimulate the pituitary and move blood, circulate the blood. The breathing is helping with your, your nervous system. Uh So on a physical level, all this, all the yoga, all Kundalini yoga is really taking care of your body on the mental aspect your neutral mind, your positive mind, your, um, your nervous system. It's about what I have every day is the monkey, the chatter, chatter, chatter of my mind going everywhere. Um, car accidents are probably a lot of them are from people who are thinking about what that list is, what they have to do. Uh Kundalini yoga with the breath work ends up helping you kind of settle and, and balance um, your mind and to quiet it. So it's not, so you can maybe actually present, um, works on anxiety. There's a bunch of breathing exercises that you could do in the middle of a, you know, if you're at work and stressing out and close your door and you could do a three minute, um, alternate nostril breathing Mm -hmm. and it lowers your blood pressure. It brings you down and it kind of clears away all the all the static that's happening around you. And on a spiritual level, what we're doing is when we do this, we're coaxing the energy up our body and moving it up and moving it out so we can connect to the universe. Mm -hmm. So I had this experience today when I was doing my meditation and my career before I got here. It's like we're we're a pulley. Uh our energy because think about it we're all energy so we're moving this energy through our body through the work that we do and it's like we're a pulley so we're we're moving the energy to like bring i know this is going to be a little wacko (laughs) we're grounded on the earth and Uh we're bringing whatever is between us and the universe so our stars are kind of above the you know our heads above the stars Uh so we're connected to the vastness that is kind of who we are We, we forget that we're so much more than just this physical human body. We right. are so much more. So it's that place where you're, you are spirit and you're experiencing spirit mm-hmm. while you're still in your human body. Right. And it's lovely. It is that high. It is that experience. We call it Waheguru. It's that, it's, it's, you can't even describe it. It's this amazing um Estacy, a feeling connected to the earth as well as the heavens. Mm-hmm. That did, sounds did amazing. I answer your question. You did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you know, you already kind of touched on how someone can, you know, start Kundalini. You can contact your local center. There's yoga centers all over the place. I'm sure there's. Um, gyms that have yoga classes, you know, YouTube, you can Google it. So, you know, I would like to, um, invite the listeners instead of the resolutions or maybe one of your resolutions is to learn something new, then learn Kundalini yoga, and then all the other 
stuff will just fall into place because you're taking care of your body and, you know, it's all one. So if you start somewhere, it'll spread out to the other parts. Yeah, it's showing up and doing one class at a time. If you want to do kundalini, doing any kind of yoga is beneficial. But if you want to do kundalini, find which ones locally. And usually they have a new membership, which Mm -hmm. is the best deal in town. Try it three times. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an experience. And so you have to be open-minded and allow yourself to be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. My first experience, I cried because it touched something deep inside me. Mm That's not every, some people don't feel anything. Just allow yourself to be whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you're okay. If anything, if you have an experience, go talk to your teacher afterwards, getting online. There Mm -hmm. are so many wonderful teachers that are on YouTube and to explore and to um, allow yourself to kind of experience what Kundalini yoga is. Get happy, healthy, and whole. Awesome. I'm on it. (laughs) You're on it? Okay, you're coming to the next (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Well, thank you, Carol, so much. Thank you, Kathy. I've enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbassiani. You can find him at mikeimbassiani.com. 